This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is very, very real. When things from online turn into a big threat and we bring in our social media educator and an online security specialist, if I may, principal at Mediated Reality, Jesse Miller is on the line. Hi, Jesse. Good morning, Jody. I get up, I, like I can feel my blood pressure rising and starting to feel nervous about this subject because it feels like every day it's escalating. Is it? It definitely is. Uh, you know, both you and I have personal experiences with this, but the reality of it is in Canada, we've seen a direct escalation over the past couple of years of individuals who spend a lot of time online. And then we see these notable events where they take their beliefs and their behaviors and apply it to what they think they need to do in our living, breathing world. And so during the pandemic, we saw an individual drive from Manitoba to Ottawa, crash through the gates of Rideau Hall. Uh, he had firearms in the vehicle and he said he was just going to go and try and have a conversation with the Prime Minister, but uh, the reality of it is, is that that could have gone any direction, very similarly to the idea we have a Canadian who is residing in the United States and decides to break into uh, the Speaker's home. So within that, these notable events do turn into conversations about what's happening online and whether or not we should be auditing how people are using the internet. But the, uh, the bigger scope of it is, is how often these events happen and should we be more concerned uh, than we are. I'm really concerned that the that the idea that there are so many elected officials, particularly to this instance with uh, the speaker's husband, um, Mr. Pelosi, being attacked in his home, now being spun and twisted and changed and, and not being, you know, you know, why is every elected official not running to their closest outlet and condemning this? Like we're seeing that spin happen again. The the want to add some disinformation to this. Maybe it wasn't an intruder. Maybe it was somebody from the left trying to make this. Like we're, we're seeing it normalized somehow. Yeah, the conspiracy piece is interesting because that becomes the conversation. And the more notable the individual, the more the conspiracy is going to be something that's spun. But yeah. just as a note, like prior to where we are with social media, let's go back to Prime Minister Harper. Uh, I remember years ago, I was having a conversation with a, a member of the RCMP Prime Minister uh, Protection Team. And they said they had a person who was just having conversations online about their disdain for Prime Minister Harper. And so the perception might be that that person would be on the left because Harper was on the right. But this individual was from the right. The person was aligned with conservative values. They just didn't like that Harper was not conservative enough. And so they wrote things online and the RCMP had a conversation with this person and it was deemed to be not so much of a legitimate threat, just a person online. Drastically, during the Trudeau years, we've seen a huge increase. Now, we can align that with more people on social media. We can align it with aspects of the pandemic, more people at home, a different uh, trope of conversation. But even if we look at our municipal elections that just occurred, we had uh, people who stepped down from running for re-election because they said, you know, during the past couple of years, 
I get too many emails. I'm getting too many Facebook comments. These are things that are affecting me and my family, and I just don't want to be in this position. It's better if I go into private business. And so the attack on democracy, where we're kind of looking at the scope of Elon Musk taking over Twitter, is democracy in peril? There are parts of it very much so because we don't have individuals who are qualified, who have a good acumen, who have life experience that could be beneficial to the public good coming into the want to be in public service anymore. And so that concern now becomes, what does it mean to regulate aspects of social media so those individuals feel safe? And there we get into that conversation of, I said something on the internet, I feel like it's a violation of my free speech if you go and regulate it. But that's where Twitter shouldn't be privately owned by an oligarch. It should be something that is in the public domain where we hold accountability to individuals like we do in our democracies. Jesse Miller is my guest, social media educator and principal at Mediated Reality. And Jesse, we talk about, uh, you know, targeted harassment and, and oftentimes we you're doing a great job of bringing it back to Canada because we want to point to the U.S. and what happened last week. Also, what happened last week was news about CNN anchor Aaron Burnett uh, having someone sending her death threats and it activated the CIA, the FBI, Interpol and was found to be someone from Surrey. This is a very real problem right here in our neck of the woods. And as you've mentioned, you and I have both been targeted and and doing everything we can to bring swift and meaningful consequences to the people who would do this. But having that ability to identify who this is, is something that Aaron Burnett was able to do. But average Joe public will find that extremely difficult. Yeah, and again, majority of people are told, go talk to police when these kind of incidents occur. Um, the majority of general duty police do not have the resources to track down somebody who is on the other side of the world sending death threats. So the hard part here is that the advocacy for the victims becomes, how do we make sure people don't feel like they can't not only turn on their email or turn on their social media, but also when it comes down to being able to support individuals when it comes to their own mental health, where are the resources? And so if we're concerned yeah. about an individual sitting in Surrey sending death threats to a CNN news anchor, there's a mental health component there. And so we are obviously, whether it be in our everyday lives or we're looking at mental health incidents across the city of Vancouver or BC or Canada, for that matter, that are very much slipping underneath the radar because we don't have enough resources. Um, the, the bigger part now becomes the family basis. Where do families then go and kind of red flag some people in their homes who are writing things on social media where they're privy to it? They see yeah. it. They see it in their family posts, but they just don't know who to turn to. We probably need more resources in policing that are based on social work that go to the concerns of threat assessment. And that's where individuals who are in private business now actually will thrive. I think that is such an important point, Jesse, that there needs to be a place where those flags, because I would argue that anyone who might harass anyone either online or actually take it into real life and and try and get to somebody physically, whether because they are enamored with them or because there's hatred for them, both would be a red flag from the mental health piece no matter what. And maybe if these flags could be caught earlier, there could be help and intervention in a way that 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 supports this and also protects the victims ultimately because it wouldn't escalate to that degree. Very much so. And Joe, just keep in mind, you know, in Victoria, a couple of months ago, we had the police shootout, right? These two individuals yeah. took over a bank in Montreal. Those individuals, you know, they lived 40 minutes away from that bank, but they had made videos online and produced things where they were practicing for extremism. They had a lot of anti-state rhetoric and they created a, a shootout very similar to what happened in Los Angeles over 20 years ago because they wanted to take on the state and the state actors were the police. So they planned yeah. purposefully to engage that way. Now, the thing is, no one was looking at their social media except for people in the community who kind of 
said, well, these are what these kids are like in high school. It's not a big deal. They're playing in the woods. It's not, a, it's not an issue. Yeah. Now, if they had targeted a school, we would be having a lot more conversations about not only gun control in Canada, but social media assessment. And so those threat assessment tools really do fall, unfortunately, on schools to look at. And most parents, you know, we're already, already worried about enough things with our kids. It's not the idea that our kids are being good or bad. It's whether or not you have individuals who are able to come forward to a school principal and say, um, I saw one of my classmates post something. I'm concerned about it. Who do we go to? The school resource officer. We know that, you know, in parts of British Columbia, those are already taxed as well. But yeah. does the policing service have tools to work with mental health, youth mental health, to really assess whether or not these kind of concerns become something that we should be addressing as opposed to dismissing? An ongoing conversation. You're such a great resource. At Mediated Reality on Twitter. Uh, Jesse Miller, thanks for this. Thanks, Jody, as always. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.